Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Bruni's Breakdown, the 24-7 sports podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Bruni. With me once again is Colin Mitchell. Colin, how are you? I'm doing doing well. You're doing all right? You, you're recovering from our complete ass-kicking last night? Uh, recovering? Maybe not. Uh, we're just kind of <laughs> getting through it right now. We're just kind of getting through it. Uh, we, we played in a men's league last night. Yeah, that's, uh, that's actually what this podcast is about. We're going over the uh, teams in our men's Yeah, league. we're not talking about <laughs> North Texas basketball at all in this. We're just going to be talking about our men's league. And we played our first game. We went out there, and uh, this is going to hurt our credibility, I think, if I, I say the I, score. I got you. It was 83 to 45. God damn it. And we lost. To be fair, you know, we didn't know how good the competition was going to be. We didn't bring our A game. Missed a lot of open looks. Could have been closer. It felt a lot more like... 25 instead of 38 you know um i'd say 20 you could say 20 i don't think it felt like 20 it didn't feel like it didn't Listen, feel like if 20. we didn't play man for the first like the second that's the big the thing. second half we, we try we opened up the second half and tried playing man and they just walked to the rim Let, let's just do the recap so the the first five minutes were pretty good <laughs> like we were pretty we were competitive you know bernie would score we'd get a stop or they'd score i mean it was it, you know we were only down like two within the first five minutes yes. and then we got tired. The wheels fell off real quickly. And what do you know? It's fourteen thirty-six a half. You know what yeah. can I say? Yeah, it was not pretty. Uh, we got a lot to build on. Uh, we're gonna try to get a uh, coach, Coach McCaslin, out there on the court. <laughs> coach, if you're listening to this, uh, come on out. Or any of them. Yeah, Just it's a twenty to twenty-nine league uh, age bracket, I should say. But uh, you can come anyone. down. Yeah, uh, can we get some players? DJ, we gonna call DJ? Yeah, hey DJ, uh, I know you came on the podcast. Uh, Get all the guests of the podcast. You know what we didn't do? We didn't drink Pedialyte. We did not. <laughs> we didn't even huddle, bro. He gave us Damn. three tips. He said Pedialyte, huddle, and get the ball to your best player. We broke every rule because you'd pass the ball away. I did pass the ball a lot. Oh, man. All right. Well, we're going to get we're gonna get all the guests on the podcast to be on our team next time. Okay. I have one more, one more thing that I just want to point out. What's more impressive, the fact that we only gave up 36 points in the first half or the fact that we scored third, 29 points in the second half? And only scored 14 in the first. You know, it might be that second half performance. We really, <laughs> we, we really came on uh, in the second half. I mean, there was a there was a time where we kind of went on a run, and I looked up at the <laughs> scoreboard, and I was like, "Dang, we're still down 20, huh?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, they were up by like 40, so I think they were just like took their feet off the gas pedal a little bit. Um, That's okay. Yeah, we'll we'll get better. We'll update y'all as this goes on, but. We got a lot of stuff to talk about today, Colin. It's going to be a really fun episode, and we weren't even planning on doing a podcast either. No, we're going to do, we're going to do every other week, but so then, then uh, some stuff happened. Yeah, so then uh, North Texas picked up a couple of JUCO guys. Um, Colin and I were finishing up our basketball game. Uh, we saw that on Twitter. Uh, we were in Plano. We went to eat at Rosa's Cafe. Really good place. Highly Delicious. recommend it. Colin ordered like $25 worth of uh, sopapillas. No. <laughs> <laughs> tacos and um and we talked we talked about this team we talked about the pickups talked about the roster and we were like we have a really interesting conversation that we should bring on air for other people because i want to get other people's opinions on this what we're going to talk about today so uh feel free to hit us up on twitter hit us up in the chat on twitch um dm us i guess do whatever you want to do we'll we'll reply i want to give everyone a warning this is going to be a hot takey type of podcast and You'll you'll understand why later, but it there it's we have some interesting topics to talk about. Yeah, and so let's get right into it. But first, I want to talk about these JUCO guys because yeah, they 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 announced their commitment last night. If you are 
here's a shameless plug. If you are a <laughs> VIP member, you knew about these guys two weeks ago. We need a siren on a soundboard. Yeah. If if <laughs> woo, woo, VIP, e- VIP Exactly, exactly. If you were a VIP member, you heard about these guys two weeks ago when I listed out the seven guys that they're targeting. These two guys were on the list. Two more guys who visited were on the list um, who aren't secrets. I can say their name. Everyone knows who they are. Uh, they've been tweeted out before that they visited. Uh, not them specifically, but the word around them. Thomas Bell and uh, Dang Gao visited as well. So th- they aren't secrets either. Um, they visited. Uh, so those are two more guys. And then they got two commits to yesterday from Juco guys. Um, and... I think those that's where we need to start because they got two guards. Yeah. They got, they got two guards. Two guards. And those one is Javion Hamlet. Point guard. A point guard, six three point guard. And the other is James Reese. Shooting guard. Shooting shooting guard more so. Maybe two or three, about six four. And he shot forty one percent from three last year at Odessa College. So you got two contrasting play styles. You get a six three combo guard that can score, can't really shoot. Uh, we both watched the highlights. We both um I talked to him uh, earlier today. I put out a little brief story on both of them. So if y'all want to go check that out, go check that out as well. Another plug, two plugs already. Um, but yeah, I, from what I saw of these guys, I think when you're playing at junior college level, you do a lot more, obvi- obviously. Right. You do a lot of more. Of course, yeah. And when you get to Division One level, or for that matter – or for that matter, any level of higher basketball, you kind of have to do one thing really well in order to right. see the court. Yeah. When you're not, you know, when you're not a great, great player, let's say. But for example, Ryan can drive is a great defender. We know that. Uh, Ham Javion Hamlet looks like a really, really skilled and crafty player that can score around the rim. But I think he's also a Ryan level passer, and I think he's a Ryan level creator in mm-hmm. that sense for players. And then James Reese, I think he is, he will be the best shooter on this team next year. Yeah, and I, and I think uh, we talked about this. I think Reese adds another element. He's able to come off of screens and shoot, and this team did not have that last season. Rose was your only option doing that. And yeah, I mean, Duffy was, I mean, shot 30% from three, Rose shot 27% right, from and, three. And it adds, I mean, it adds another element. These two guys add another dynamic element to the team that they didn't have before. Yes, and so we get these two pickups. We see the roster go um, go up two spots. We see them fill their two two more scholarships. So just to run through the scholarships, we have Jalen Jackson, freshman from San Antonio Wagner, uh, six foot guard, uh, defense defense first guard, uh, and a playmaker in a way. Javion Hamilton, more of a scorer, uh, creator, uh, point guard, and then you have James Reese, who's a shooter, um, and he's he's got some bounce to him. Yeah, he, yeah, he's uh, athletic. Yeah, when I talked to him earlier today, he said he's a uh, Richard Hamilton with bounce. That's my favorite. That's my favorite. That's the best thing I could. Yeah, have ever Colin heard. is obviously from Detroit. If y'all, if you haven't listened to the pod before, he's from Detroit. P- huge Pistons fan. I love Rip Hamilton. And uh, yeah, Rip Hamilton's his guy. So James Reeson is uh, gonna be Colin's best friend, and he'll be on the podcast very soon. <laughs> I like I like those guarantees. Just there you straight go. up, like there you go. He'll be he'll be having sopapillas with us at Roses one day soon. <laughs> um, but no, so James Reese really impressed me with his form, with his shot. He doesn't look like he rushes a lot of shots or forces a lot of shots. I mean, in his highlight tape, how many tough shots did we see him take? 
Not I mean, many, I don't really right? See any? No. Those one against Syracuse, where in the corner. Yeah, in the corner he was double covered. Yeah, but I mean, outside of that, they were all. They were all catch and shoot shots, and either off of a screen or he was just wide open in the corner. Yeah, so that was very promising to me. We have very low expectations right now, I think, for shooters. Like, you don't have to hit tough shots. Just make open shots. You shoot 35%, I'm fine. If you make open shots, you are you are probably one of the few on this team, I think. I mean, yeah. that's pretty safe to say. DJ and James now. And Mike, I guess. Mike shot 37%, so we can't slide Low volume. Yes, low volume, but still. I think that both of them are going to bring a different dynamic, and I'm excited to see what they can do because they're juco players and so let's talk about this though because last year they brought in two juco players as well Mm -hmm. jj murray and abdul muhammad Mm -hmm. neither one played both of them redshirted abdul obviously was hurt for the first eight games and then they were like all right well we'll just we'll just sit him out for the rest of the year jj could have played the entire year but they didn't really need him because they were so deep at the guard guard position yeah so it's like there's no reason so both of them will be redshirt juniors i believe coming into this year those two, so you put those two there, you put basically, again, we've talked about four, the only, the only seniors you're losing are Mike Miller and Jordan Duffy. I mean, you add those two right there, they kind of replace them right there, and then you get Hamlet and Reese, you have a ton of guards on this team. Yeah. Like, more than last year. And yes. they're all going to yeah. be like... And they're all players. Yes. Like, DJ will be better than he was last year. Let's just say DJ is... I don't want to say he's, he'll be at the bottom of that, but he'll probably start at the bottom and he's got to work his way up just like usual just because of his size and his maybe defensive limitations and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. He'll have to work his way up and show that he can shoot the ball better than everybody else. But even if DJ is your worst guard of that group, that's a f- pretty strong group. Yeah, no, yeah, for sure. I mean, <clears throat> when you look at this year's, I guess, guard depth, it was, you know, you had Ryan, you had Mo, and that kind of, there was there was a gap. Yes. When you add these two guys, there's not really so much a gap. You have four guys that can play. And, and I'll, go ahead. And and that's going to be interesting to see how that kind of affects lineups and things next season, uh, because you do have four guys that can play. They can all play big minutes. They can all, you know, they're not they're not just role players. All right. Here's here's my thing. Rose better be able to shoot the ball next year, because if yeah. Reese comes in and if James Reese comes in and shoots. Let's say high thirties mm-hmm. on open on catching on the shots that Rose got last year. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's a couple inches taller than Rose. He he can't be much worse of a defender than Rose. Uh, like, if he hits shots, I think he's already more valuable than Rose. So uh, that's that's just one name. This is gonna put a lot of pressure on guys to really play well. Let's say on the roster right now. Again, there's still gonna be flexibility. Stuff will happen. Who knows. Here are the guards that I just came off the top of my head. I'm not even counting Jalen Jackson because we're assuming that he'll he'll redshirt. redshirt yeah. He will redshirt, of course. You got James Reese, Ryan Woolridge, Emoja Gibson, Roosevelt Smart, Javion Hamlet, DJ Draper, JJ Murray. That is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven guards there, and you figure three of them will play the one, two, three uh, to start, and then you have four basically from there. JJ, like, let's go through their strengths. JJ Murray. Defender. Great defender. DJ Draper. Great shooter. Great shooter. Uh, Javion Hamlet. Creator. Creator. With the ball. Facilitator. Yeah, yeah facilitator. crafty. Yeah, crafty. Roosevelt Smart. You'd like to say score. We have to say score because that's the score. only way I think he, he's going to get these, uh, he's going to beat these guys out. Emoja Gibson. Shooter, scorer. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ryan. 
I mean, we know what Ryan is, def- defend- yeah. defender and basically was everything for this team last year. And then James Reese, shooter. Like, that's a lot of talent there. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's yeah. The expectations for this team, we're, we're not. Even, I don't. This isn't even an expectations podcast. I don't want to get into like next season too deep, but you got seven guards that are going to be like legit players. Am I forgetting some? I don't think I'm forgetting someone either. I, I'll no, that's everybody. Pull it up, but yeah, because then at the bigs you have Shaquem, Zach, um, Abdul, and Mark. Right. Right. So, yeah, and then uh, Jalen Jackson as a redshirt. So that's twelve players right there, basically. Um. Ah man, I don't know. This is this can be really interesting to see who's gonna start between these guys, who's gonna get the minutes between these guys, and um, man, there's gonna be we're gonna get into this in a little bit too. But there's who knows? I mean, things could change between now and the start of the season. That's a long time. Yeah, that's what six months, six months. Yeah, basically. it's a long time. Jesus. October. So <laughs> yeah, so um, we'll see. But I think those two JUCO pickups really make things interesting in the backcourt, like. Those two guys were pretty highly, highly um, touted. Yeah, top fifty is I yeah mean, top fifty Jugo players, my head, and one of them was top twenty. Yeah, so, so, I mean, so right off the bat, you get better at the guard position, and the guard was their strength last year, pretty much. Right, which is interesting, I think, because you know, go- coming into this off season, you and I were screaming for wings. Yeah. I mean, like this team needed wings, so it's 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 interesting to see that they brought in guards. Yeah. Um, the two guys that visited, uh, Dan Gal and Thomas Bell, um, I'm not gonna get into them too much because they haven't committed, um, they haven't committed it or announced anything yet. But Thomas Bell is six five. I did a write up on him on his visit on the board. That's a VIP post as well. And same thing with Dan Gal. When they visited, I wrote up uh, something about them. So go check that out if you're a VIP. Um, but both, basically, they're both bigger. They're both forwards, pretty mm-hmm. much. So uh, we'll see how that plays out. If they can add those two or add one or who knows? Um, I think that that will add more to their front court depth. But I mean, when you look at the front court now, is that you know Zach, yeah, Shakim. We both have high expectations for. We talked about this off air. Yeah, Shakim. Shakim's gonna be a monster next year. Monster. That's a strong statement. I just I think he's just physical. I mean, you look at him. You look at him compared to. I, I've seen him recently, and if mm-hmm. you look at him now compared to you know the beginning of last season, I mean he's. He's yeah. bigger. I mean, he's they've they've been putting some pounds on him, and he's more. I've seen him play pickup with the team, and he's just more active, less uh, timid, and more you know more aggressive, just in every every way. And I think feel like he's gonna be more of like a kind of like a scrappy guy, like a Dennis Rodman almost. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? He's not gonna score. I don't yeah. think. Okay, um, but yeah, he's. I think that. Because they are, were already debating playing him over Tope last year at the backup center. Especially. Oh, yeah. So I think that's already going to be an upgrade at the backup center. Um, who knows? Maybe they can play them both at the same time. Probably not because they don't play two bigs. But that's neither here nor there. So you get those two. Then you have Mark and you have Abdul. Mark probably can only play the four. Abdul can play the three or the four. He can juggle between those. Maybe the five if he's a better defender than we think he is. Mm-hmm. I mean, we think he's a pretty good defender, but... You'd have to be able to play the five. You have to be like Alante Holston. You have to be, yeah, to be imposing. Yeah, Jemiah Simmons. We didn't even mention Jemiah Simmons. Also, yeah. So I yeah, Jemiah. Simmons. I don't want people to <laughs> forget Jemiah Simmons. So Jemiah Simmons. That's another uh, forward there. I think that the front court. It's tough to say. They're returning everybody except Tope, which isn't a big loss. But 
I mean, they're, they're going to be better too. So the depth of this team is going to be way better than last year, I think. But it, we all know it's not about your depth um, unless the players get hurt. Right. You, we, North Texas needs top-end talent to compete with Old Dominion. Yeah, we saw, what, we saw what depth was able to do for them this season. Uh, they need they need someone that can compete with like you said the top end talent uh, and have a score. I mean it was they just needed that one guy. Yeah, you know what I mean. They never were able to hit their their ceiling. They just were on their four the whole entire time because they didn't have that one guy to get them over the top. And I think that when you know adding like a James uh, James Reese and a Javion Hamlet, I feel like that that's them trying to go like hey listen, lots of people are going to graduate next season. We got to try to win. Yeah, yeah. This could be their all in push here. This could yeah. be their type of. One freshman out of this recruiting class, that's not a lot. I mean, that's obviously not a lot. That's like, that's nothing. One freshman in, yeah. a, in a recruiting class is a, uh, that's pretty staggering. That tells you a lot, I think. Yeah. Um, one thing that I do want to mention, because this is kind of a win now move, like we said. Meanwhile, I mean, Western Kentucky, we talked about this before. It's just picked up, I mean, picked up another four star guard. And Stupid. so. I don't know what they're doing over there. I don't know how much they're ponying, ponying up, but, I mean, this is crazy. <laughs> so, Western Kentucky is going to be really good again. Uh, hope, hopefully, Old Dominion, I think they're going to take a step down without, obviously. Yeah, they graduated a lot of people. But, uh, I mean, outside, again, Western will probably be the prohibitive favorites, but after that, you're pretty open, I think, in, in the Conference USA. And I don't want to get too deep in the Conference USA, but that's where the door is open, and maybe they see the door is open, and... This is the year that, you know, Charles Bassey isn't there. They don't have Stith and Caver who are, like, dominant seniors. Um, I mean, shoot, UAB, Scooty Bryant was a senior, I believe. Zach uh, Bryant. Zach, yeah, Zach Bryant. I don't – I think he was a senior. Correct me if I'm wrong. UTSA will be better, obviously, but, I mean, if this could be the year that they say, all right, we're going to go win this championship right now. This is our third year here. We have had very limited offenses our first two years. We're going to go get scores, and we're going to go light people up. Because yeah. we know we can defend. Zach yeah. Simmons is going to be a really good defender. Um, Ryan Woolridge, we know he got hurt last year at the end of the year. He um, hurt his knee pretty badly, had to get surgery. Uh, we will see if he returns to 100%. Um, I know it's it was pretty bad, so uh, we'll see if he makes it back by whenever the season starts. October. October, October-ish. Yeah, that's going to be – that's going to be – that's the wild card is Ryan Woolridge. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I if mean, he comes back. If, if he's not back 100%, it, do you start one of the two guys that you just picked up? Yeah, you, I mean, if he's not back at 100%, man, it just makes things a lot. It changes the dynamic of this team completely. And so with Ryan, I mean, obviously he redshirted one year. We talked about this last night. He redshirted one year, but he could always medical redshirt. Yeah, he could. Isn't that kind of crazy? Like, I mean, obviously, nobody wants that to happen. Everyone wants Ryan to play because this is, like we just said, this is them going all in, right? In a, in a way, yeah. But if Ryan can't play for the first half of the year, yeah, there's no. And, and his injury was pretty serious. It's not like it's just some, you know, strained knee. I mean, exactly. And I don't. I don't think a lot of people knew that. I don't think a lot of people know that Ryan's knee was like that bad. Yeah, and it happened. Uh, it happened at the end of the WKU game. Yeah, Western game. Yeah, like, I mean, when, like one of the last plays of the game. Yeah, his knee. God, yeah, that was bad. That yeah. was a that was a crazy game, man. That was just, and Mike, bless his soul, he's a, he graduated, but I mean, he yeah, was blood, blood. he was hurt too, um, and it makes you wonder, you know, playing Ryan that much, just to win an FIU game, kind of, 
that sucks. Yeah. You know, like, okay, cool. They won an FIU game. They won a conference tournament game. And now Ryan's out. I mean, okay, he was already going to be hurt. I don't want to make it sound like he wasn't. Right. He I mean, got he hurt was, only he was, on that play. He was, yeah, he was. But it definitely extended how long he'd be out. Exactly. Out in that Western game. And he was hurt pretty clearly. But he played through it. All the guts um, from him. So that's going to be the key to this offseason, I think, is what happens with Ryan Woolrich. Is he going to come back and be the player he was? I mean, we know how much Ryan relies on his lateral quickness, mm-hmm. his vertical, his athleticism to get to the rim, to finish over people, to pick up guys in the full court. If any of that is deterred, any of, if any of that is lowered, it's going to be tough. Yeah. I it's mean, going to be really tough because he can't shoot. Right, and those are his strengths. I mean, we talked about those are his strengths was his athleticism because he goes to the basket and his uh, his length. Yeah, his length and, his, and him playing defense, which yeah. was really important for this team. And his knee controls all of that. Yes. I mean, that's just that's just the way it is. So it's going to be interesting to see if he's able to come back, you know, at least 80% because he's not going to be 100% coming into the season. No way. Yeah. It's... Um, I, I forgot, I mean, what the what the recovery time was, but I mean, he's he is, he's in the, he has to get into basketball shape and he's not going to have a chance to play basketball over the summer. Yeah. I mean, I again, this is just my speculation, but he'll probably be able to practice like a month before the season starts. Yeah. I mean that's not a lot of time to get. Let's let's say that I I say that optimistically too. Yeah. So everything goes right. Recovery. And again, that's not basketball shape. Yeah. No, that's not basketball shape because I mean you're sitting down for four months, five months. Mm-hmm. That's tough, man. It is tough, and I feel bad for Ryan. Um, because obviously he was the best player on the team last year. Like yeah. we both said, he was the MVP last year. It was not even close. He was no, definitely a, not close. He was a great player. Um, and he is a great player. Uh, but injuries get the best of a lot of people and we'll see how he comes back i hope he comes back well i hope he um comes back just as good as he was i mean it's his senior season so who knows again they i think they can medical redshirt him um but correct me if i'm wrong but we'll see how it plays out that's to me is the the biggest question around this team right now what happens what what do you think happens if he's not if he's not you know the best option to start coming in the season so they have okay. So like I said, they can medical redshirt him, but for him, I mean, is there even a possibility of transferring? I mean, if if you're hurt, and I mean, you have to sit out a year anyways. I don't know. Graduate transfer, yeah. Grad. I mean, yeah, he did graduate, or he is graduating, um, in, coming up in uh in May. a month or so, whatever. Uh, I mean, you get a free transfer. But if he's not healthy, then you might as well sit the year anyways. But, you know, there's there's options for him, I think, at least in that yeah. aspect. And I don't think anybody would um, would say anything, like, ne- crazy negative about Ryan if he chose to do that. But no, especially I mean, with everything he's done for yeah, the team. I was say, he, he, he basically he, sacrificed he, his knee so y'all can get a conference tournament win. Like, that's, yeah. that's huge. No, like, yeah, that's definitely a big thing. Yeah, he's one of the best point guards in this program's history. He was great. So, I mean, he has options. I think the team has options with him. It's They're going to have to work it out. They're going to have to see what both of them want. They're going to see how the recovery comes. They're going to see what happens with that recovery, mm-hmm. when it, the timetable is, if the timetable changes. Um, because I would be – with who they just picked up and who they have – I mean, who they have on this roster. Because J.J. is only a redshirt junior. Um, Jalen Jackson will redshirt. I'm not saying and he'll do anything crazy, but – uh, Hamlet is a junior. They're all going to be back next year. Mo obviously sophomore. 
you have a lot of guys that can handle the ball and create. Um, do you want to get into our, our big question now? Is it time? Yes. Okay, but let me press preface it first. Let me preface. This is first. we need a soundboard, Bruni. I'm we getting tired of this. We've been I on this for a year. You, we're gonna try to move places, Colin. We could have had a siren. We could have had coins for whenever you said something earlier, like a ding. Look, you know what I'm saying? Yes. Okay. All right. Um, how do we want to get this? So we were just talking about Ryan Woolridge. Uh, he'll have options over the off season. He could leave. He could stay. He could redshirt. He could play. Who knows? There's. We're not making any assumptions right now no no we're not we're not saying that anything's happening this is going to be a hypothetical conversation very dis- disclaimer like yes but, but me and bruni while eating our tacos and fajitas sopapillas and sopapillas we a question popped into our heads i asked the question you asked the question and then it, it stemmed like an hour-long conversation so yeah, we stayed there way too long um all right so let me give you these numbers con okay with ryan Ward on the floor in almost 1700 possessions this season they had an offensive rating of 104. Mm-hmm. That's pretty good. That's really good. Without him on the floor for 600 possessions, they had an offensive rating of 90. Okay? these are. I'm just giving you all the numbers. Defensively, with Ryan on the court, they were had an 87 defensive rating. With him off the court, they had 100. So just for y'all, um, if, if y'all aren't familiar with offensive or defensive ratings, offensive rating is basically how many points you allow per 100 possessions. So it takes away the pace aspect of it. So you, mm-hmm. whether you play 60 possessions per game or 80, it's calculated the same. It's per 100 possessions, okay? Um, same with defense. So with Ryan on the court, basically, they were a plus 17. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, plus 17. And with him off the court, they were a m- minus 10. That is staggering. That is staggering. I mean, yeah, that was the reason he was our MVP last season. Yeah. It didn't really make it difficult. So my question to Colin was, and again, Ryan Woolridge was the best player on this team last year, and he is a great player, and I hope he comes back and plays to the level he was last year. However, if Ryan Woolridge is unable to play next year, and let's say he he redshirts or transfers, one of the two, whatever happens, happens. All right, cool. If one of those two things happens, and let's say they start – Mo at the point with James Reese or someone like that. Hamlet, even though Hamlet has not proved to be a much better shooter than Ryan, we saw from his highlights that he at least looks confident taking the open three. And while he didn't, doesn't shoot a high clip, he at least kind of shoots a decent percentage. So, um, And he looks confident, like we said. He looks confident shooting the three. So anyways, everybody else on this team can pretty much shoot except for Jalen Jackson. But regardless, he's redshirting. So what my question is, is if Ryan leaves, does this team have a higher ceiling next year? Yeah, and I guess I'll just say my answer. I I think yes, because Ryan, we talked about all last season, raises the floor of this team. I mean, that was was the storyline all season. Without Ryan, this team's floor is awful. Yeah. With Ryan, this team has a set floor, but he was never able to bring them over the top. You know what I mean? Yes. Uh, we talk about needing to have a Rose, needing to have a Mo, needing to have DJ hit shots, needing to have Zach, you know, not have that poor stretch in the season. And I think, although Ryan is a very great player, he's he wasn't that player that could bring you over the top. And I think that the players that they brought in have different facets to their game that they're able to kind of do that. Potentially. Potentially, right. I mean, this is obviously, we haven't seen them play D1 basketball, but 
their skill set, I feel like, fits this team a lot better than Ryan's does. We say fit their skill set, or we say we they fit the team better. I think that Grant, like I said before, I think Grant is in a way tired of having an offense that is so not limited by Ryan, but limited by like because if Rose could shoot last year, if Duffy could shoot last year at a like thirty five percent clip. This offense would be way better than what it was. Oh, yeah. And so that's not on Ryan. That's not on Ryan at all. Because Ryan created a lot of the open looks for them. The, problem, the fault is on them for not hitting those open threes. Right. However, if you get a point guard that can shoot and you get shooting on the court, your sets are easier to run because they have to worry about different things. You can pick up the pace. Obviously, Mode was not a great backup point guard last year. And this is this was your question. My question to you uh, while we were eating last night was, well, then what's the reason for this team having such a poor season when Ryan was not on the court? And your answer very quickly and very uh, wisely was they didn't have that another ball handler that could create the same way that he could. Right. So that's the obvious thing to me and that's why while i i'm leaning towards agreeing with you i'm still hesitant because these point guards i don't know if they're able to do what ryan does on the offensive side of the ball which is get to the basket consistently and create for other people hamlet has the potential for it i think mo has the potential for it but we haven't seen it consistently. I don't think Rose see, can do it see, either. See, but I think, but I think when you have when you add a player like Reese who can shoot, when you have Mo that can shoot, yes. and you hope that Rose can shoot, and whoever else, I mean, they're going to be a better shooting team this next season. I yes, mean, unless something awful happens, uh, that raises your chance of. Man, I'm sorry. I just lost my train of thought. What, what look, did you say? Look, let me let me let me let me uh, let me take the words out of your mouth, or let me rephrase them. I should say, because. You were, you're going on about how it raises the ceiling for this team. To have, right. To okay. Have I, I I got it. You don't need Ryan to handle the ball all the time because you, your shooters can't hit hit a shot. Ryan so often was relied on to just take the basket or take the ball to the basket whenever it was no one was open or no one was moving or no one else can you know go to the basket like we're talking about. There were only shooters that were streaky. Mm-hmm. I think when you add a Reese. He's able to have a shot. You can space the floor. It's not. It's not, not. You don't have to run the offense through one player so much anymore. I agree. So, but then my counter argument to that would be, well, why can't we just add shooting like James Reese? Like, imagine Ryan on the court with James Reese and Mo, and Abdul and Zach. That's enough spacing. I think it's like, enough spacing, but but do you want to settle for that much spacing? Like, I know what you're saying. And so here's what I'm gonna say now because we talked about this last night too, was that Ryan Woolridge, I just got finished watching a series of the Spurs versus Nuggets. Oh, no. All right. If anybody listening to this podcast watched that series, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And I'm going to compare Ryan to both Derek White and DeMar DeRozan. Okay? And that's really good. Derek White is a premier defender, obviously. He's already a top five guard defender in the NBA. He's terrific. He scored 36 points in a game against Denver just by going to the basket. Like, it wasn't that hard. He hit, like, two threes, but it doesn't matter. I see a lot of Ryan – I see a lot of Derek White in Ryan. Now, my question is, when you have Derek White and he can't shoot, 
we saw the Spurs offense just dissolve. And by game six or by game seven, they were scoring 35 points and a half. Well, that's and why teams Derek figured White didn't them out. The second half, really. And then he didn't and then you had to play Patty Mills over him to close the game. And then I'm gonna compare him to DeMar DeRozan because this feels bad this feels wrong to say, but it feels like you, you mentioned already, Ryan raises the floor of this basketball team. Mm-hmm. He raises it a ton. Without Ryan last year, how many games do you think they win? They won <laughs> they won twenty one with with him. Ten. They probably win Yeah, with their cupcake schedule, they probably win like twelve. So that's like a nine game difference. That's how important Ryan was to that team. But if you improve the talent around him and you improve the shooting, I think this offense has the potential to put up a 110 offensive rating instead of 104. Like, that is a real thing. If the pace can pick up, if Mo can create, if uh, Hamlet, if Ham, um, Hamlet can create, Reese can shoot, if Rose can just get to being 33% from three, because we know Abdul can shoot. Yeah, like, Abdul can shoot. The talent around has gotten better, which is why I'm hesitant to say that Ro- Ryan wouldn't thrive in this offense. But... When you imp- if you have a point guard that can shoot the ball, it just opens up the court so much. Oh yeah, so much. If you watch, let's. This is a super, super, super extended analogy, but if you watch Damian Lillard on the Blazers, the court, even though he doesn't have great shooters around him besides McCollum, I mean he has Mo Harkless and Alfred Camino. They, they still they just feel so spread out because the pick and roll can happen above the three point line, right. and guys still have to go over it, or guys still have to switch it. Something has to happen above the three point break, and then you run your offense from there. Or just that type of stuff happens when you have a point guard that they have to go over the screen for. Just respectable. Does yeah, you don't have exactly. to have a Damian Lillard that's going to hit a thirty seven foot shot. Yes, but if you have someone that that's confident and able to hit a three. It just raises. You don't have to have them. You're not gonna have people sagging off at the free throw line every single play. Yeah, like, and that like we saw this year. And that was always the toughest thing for Ryan was that guys just went under the screen. He, to his credit, he got a lot better at taking advantage of that. He did. He was really good. He was great at that. But if you're shooting contested twos, again, this goes back to my Demar Derozan analogy. If you're shooting contested twos over big men in the paint, as to where um, instead of getting threes that might not be wide open but de- decent look from threes right your offense is just systematically going to be better when you shoot threes and i don't want to turn this into an analytics podcast or by any means <laughs> but threes are greater than two and <laughs> i as a spurs fan just watched demar Derozan shoot 15 mid-rangers per game <laughs> and they have no chance of winning at that game it was ugly so that's all I'm saying because it reminded me a lot about the Spurs in that Ryan is a great player. He's a great defender. He does a lot of things great. But when you have a guy that you just can't shoot at all, I feel like the the ceiling of this team is just lower. Of, of the offense. I'm sorry, not the team. Because defensively, he's amazing. We obviously know that. Mm-hmm. But as an offense, your ceiling is just sig- significantly lower. So, And that's why I'm interested to see a lineup of because JJ, I mean, can kind of shoot too, so JJ can hit an open three. So yeah. I mean, you you have everyone here: DJ, J, JJ, um, Hamlet, who again, we he was not a great shooter in uh, junior college. I'm not saying he was, but he at least looked confident and could shoot open threes on catch and shoot. Um, Reese, Rose, and Mo. That's a lot of guys. You can 
change combinations. You can post up Zach more, yep. get him more space in the post. There's just a lot of things you can do as an offense when your point guard can shoot, and you have a lot more shooters on the court. And that's coming from a guy who is a Spurs fan who is looking at a lineup next year of Derek White, DeJounte Murray, DeMar DeRozan, <laughs> uh, LaMarcus Aldridge, and Jakob Pertl. The mid-range. It's going to be so awful. That's an amazing But regardless, team. and North Texas doesn't have that problem. <laughs> if Ryan comes back and plays, they don't have that problem, which is why I was hesitant to agree with you because Ryan with those shooters would be really interesting. I think he could no, I, I potentially def- do I, stuff. No, I definitely agree with that, but a shooter with those players would be better in my opinion. I, I agree. You give me If you give me a player that is an average defender, can create just a little bit less than than Ryan but can shoot a three I think this offense is way better I agree I want to look up one thing okay real quick what did Ryan shoot from the field last year what man was his, what was his field goal percentage let me tell you real quick I don't think it, I don't even want to guess but I, I must say 48 45 40 something like that sure all right let me tell I, you I don't know I don't know let's see Bio. his three was 30 or 31. Let me tell you. Okay. For the season, he shot 47% from the field and 33% from three on 20 of 60. And again, that's two threes per game he's attempting. He's making one per game, or not even one per game, but yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. So again, shooting 47% from the field is not great, but again, it just feels like DeMar DeRozan type numbers. And it feels like when you're taking tough shots at the rim, and we talked about this again off air, Ryan, we really want Ryan to develop a floater in his game. He develops a floater. He's a way better player. Yeah, I mean, I watched Jamal Murray, again, going back to this series. Jamal Murray completely killed the Spurs with his floater. It's tremendous. He was yeah. he's, he was great. He doesn't have a floater, so he has to create contact. He has to go to the basket. He has to get, I mean, either get fouled or finish or shoot a tough shot over uh, extended arms. Which he's got, which he is good at. Again, just like Demar Derozan, really good at mid range. Ryan is really good at what he's uh, what he does, but also shooting what fifty eight percent from the free throw line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and and the problem with that too is because Ryan can't shoot the ball, doesn't have a mid range game, doesn't have a floater. He has to have the ball in his hands to be effective. Exactly. You can't when whenever whenever you give Rose the ball, you give Mo the ball. If they're on the court together, Ryan isn't going to draw anybody. He's not going to. His man should have. A foot in the paint. Exactly. At all times. Exactly. Because there's no threat. So, if you, like I said, if you add a point guard that can hit a three, is dynamic, may not be as effective at those things, but is a jack of all trades. Yeah. You're able to do more with your, with I your agree. offense. And again, we haven't seen Hamlet uh, at the D1 level uh, create like he did in the Ju- Juco level. I mean, because at Juco, he averaged 18 and six and a half, six and a half assists. If he can put up those numbers, theoretically, as a starting point guard, or put up, let's say, 14 and 6, yeah, and he can maybe shoot 30, I mean, if he shoots 33% well, on more attempts, yeah, that's that's a huge one. Same thing with, uh, thing with Hamlet, though, too, is we know, I don't know how often he does it, but he, he had a floater. Oh, he has, he had a couple floaters. Yeah, he, yeah. Is, he is a floater, and... and Again, that just that makes the defense have to guess what you're going to do. You're not always going to have to go to the basket every single time. You can put it up at the just after th- or just past the free throw line. You don't have to, you know, you're not as predictable. Every exactly. time Ryan drove to the basket, they knew oh, just collapse and put your hands up. 
and yeah, see what happens. Yeah. Um, so that's that was my big question in that. And Colin says that the offense will be better, would be better theoretically if Ryan was not um, on the team next year. I, I'm leaning towards agreeing with him. Go ahead. Let's let's walk that back. Okay. Go ahead. Let's let's say he's on the team. If he doesn't, if he, if he plays less, let's say. Let's, I don't want to assume that he's leaving. Does okay. Let's let's say let's say, the offense is better if you replace him with. I don't know Mo at point guard. Yeah, I'd say with this team, yes. Last year's team, no. I agree. Oh, for sure. We saw we saw right. what happened with and, and, and again, yeah, exactly. And again, that's because of the players around him. Ryan Ryan was forced to have the ball in his hands, which plays to his benefit. Yes. And with the players that they're bringing in, with the players that they've already had that are able to play next year, you have to be able to move it around. And off ball, Ryan's just not. I mean, he's not a threat. So yeah, you know, Mo is. Yeah, it is. It's a big difference. It's a big difference. And um, I love shooting. I love three point shooting specifically. Um, so I would be inclined to agree with you in in that sense but again i don't want to take anything away from what ryan did this past season uh even though we did basically just i i feel like we were kind of harsh but we got to get an edge to us colin we gotta (laughs) get some hot takes in here eventually Uh, but let us know what you think if you think um if you do think that ryan um would be better with this team than let's say mo uh at point guard specifically, like let's say the lineup is fill in the blank at point guard, then you have James Reese, um, Roosevelt Smart, Abdul Mahan, Abdul Abdul at the four theoretically, and then uh, Zach Simmons at the five. Who's the best point guard you're putting in there to get the best to get the best team, the best off best offense or best team? I mean best best offense, best offense. Let's say best offense. Mo. I agree. Unless Hamlet comes in and can actually shoot. His form's not great. Right, but I mean, but, like I said, if, if if Hamlet hits two threes a game, or, you know, is able to hit one of two a game, and that's a consistent. If he's respectable. Right, if he's respectable. And again, confidence is a big thing. Hamlet looked like, just off his highlights, again, we haven't watched tons of yes. film. He looks confident. He doesn't hesitate. He's not going to sit there. and Like Ryan, so many times last year, he was open from three. He'd kind of go up with it, and he'd be like, no, and then he'd dribble. Yeah. And we didn't see that. On those highlights, at least. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, let us know what you think, who you would have in that point guard in that lineup. Um, again, I, I want to reiterate, Ryan was the MVP last year. He is a great player. I hope he gets back to um, the level he was at last year. Um, and that's the only reason I, we had this conversation is because of the uh, the injury that Ryan has. Yeah, if Ryan didn't have an injury, we wouldn't be talking about Oh, this. no, I'd be talking about Ryan Woolridge at point guard and being first-team all-conference next year because right. of his defense alone. Right, yeah, th- this injury... Uh, athleticism is very important to Ryan and with the knee injury like he had it's going to be tough to to replicate what he did last year yes um okay that's all I had for that question um now we, we have other people's questions we that do. are far less far less harsh yeah we do we got two questions well actually I don't know they're I don't know if they're way less harsh okay well I guess I didn't see them yet so okay. I don't know um Okay. You never tell me anything Bruni. it's okay well because I want it to be spontaneous all right first from David. I'm just going to say David. From <laughs> David, are you concerned about the lack of height recruited, especially for CompTSA play? Who will back up Zach? All right, let's break this down. First, let's start at the end. Who will back up Zach? Shaquem. Shaquem Alcindor. Shaquem is going to be an upgrade 
to Tope. Just a huge upgrade. That's instantly a guarantee. That, 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 that I don't need to say anything else. Huge upgrade. Huge upgrade. He's, he's going to be able to play more than eight minutes a game. Don't worry about the backup to Zach. I, Zach will play 24 minutes or 26 minutes at center. The other 14 will go to Shaquem. That's how it's going to go. Unless if they have to go five small, you know, all this stuff, whatever. Right. You're going to see a lot less Maya at the five. Yes. 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 Yes, you should. You should. might see a lot less Maya in general, but yes. Um, I wasn't trying to be mean. Okay, but. whatever. <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, all right. Um, are you concerned about the lack of height recruited? I, I would argue for the positions that they got, they were, they're decent the, size. They're the size of Six three point guard, six four shooting guard. Yeah, I mean, that's nothing wrong with that they didn't they didn't recruit or they don't have any commits from wings right now which i guess is kind of concerning considering that's what we were screaming for we were um but again like you said they're still trying to do some more stuff so we'll kind of see how that plays out but i mean i'm not really concerned i mean you, you have you run this team the way it is out there right now i, I have no mind. problem with it i think the i mean abdul makes up for a lot uh, yeah abdul because then you, you don't play have, him at the three you don't have or to the play four. a rose at a four exactly I mean that that I mean, and we love Mike Miller. Mike Miller was great last year. Oh yeah. He was 6-3 and while he rebounded fine, he defended fine. There's just a different there's just a different level you have when you have a guy who's 6-8 out there. Length the can go a long way. Length and while it might not show up because this defense was really good last year, while it might not show up like statistically when you get in tight games with teams and you go up against a 6-8 guy instead of Mike Miller who is a, again a good defender. It's just different. Yeah. It's just different. Abdul contesting a shot is a lot different than yes. Mike. And again, we shot. might be overrating. Mike is de- definitely going to be a better defender than Abdul, I think. I agree. I'd agree with that. But Abdul have being five inches taller makes up for a lot. Yeah, yeah. Length does a lot. So, and then you have Maya potentially back up four if he can maybe hit an open three. An open three. Again, we're all about the good, shooting good, on this podcast. Good, good fist there. Yeah, we're, we're all about the shooting <laughs> on this podcast. So, um, that would be nice. Um we also mark, potentially, theoretically, throwing yeah, it out hope, there. I, I, hopefully that he's... Mark Tikaniko. I hope, I, hope, I hope he gets some play time. We'll see. Um, and then, uh, so yeah, especially for Conf Tuesday. I think he asked especially for Conf Tuesday because last year you went against Bassey, Old Dominion, Louisiana Tech, um, just a bunch of big teams. Abdul covers up a lot of that. I mean, he really does. What if Abdul isn't as good as we think he is? I don't think... I think Abdul's role on this team will not need him to be like amazing. Last year, I feel like yes. Okay, so you just need him to be a tall. I need guy. him to be a three and D. He can okay. hit a corner three. He can shoot. He, I know he can shoot. He'll hit. A, he'll hit some corner threes. He'll be able to defend as much as he needs to, and that's that's all I think I'm worried about for this team now. When you add a shooter like Reese, when Rose hopefully is in in, in better shape shooting, and you have Mo out there who's only going to get better. So I mean. This team shooting is going to be better next year, and I think that Abdul, again, height makes up for a lot. I agree. I agree. So we'll see how that plays out. I think Zach also is going to be better next year. He's yeah, Zach. He's one of those guys that just it gets a lot better. I feel like he's he improved the most. I think from freshman first to two years, year, he was great. And then if he can take another step forward and be one of the best centers in the in the league, write it down. Oh God, what am I writing down, Colin? Zach's gonna hit some threes next year all right anyways he might he's gonna hit some threes next year i wouldn't be surprised five if he took, out i wouldn't be surprised <laughs> if he took two a game that's a lot okay all right we'll see that's a lot okay next question primetime unt 
says, what P5 teams do you think North Texas is going to schedule? Last year's schedule was way too easy, and I think their schedule should be a top 50 hardest in the nation. Um, first half of that question, um, they we know that they're going to get Oklahoma at home because the home and home. They're going to have Davion Harmon from Geyer. He's going to be on that Oklahoma team that's going to come to Denton. That team's going to be really good from Oklahoma. So there's one right off the Way bat. Way better than last year's. That's one. I'm assuming New Mexico is going to be a home and home. I don't know that for sure. I probably wouldn't bet that, but regardless. I probably wouldn't bet that. They're gonna, you're going to get more home and homes. I can pull up their schedule right now if you want me to. But didn't we find out that the reason that they had a tough schedule was because something went awry at the end of the – while they were scheduling it, and then they just had to plug it in with some filler tournaments and stuff? That's what I heard. Anyways, when you give this team actual – Grant doesn't want to play cupcake teams. You think Grant wants to – Play Angelo State? Yeah. I don't think he wants to go – 13 and 0 by playing division two schools yeah, i think no. he wants to play legit school he's a competitor we're oh talking, yeah we're talking about grant mccaslin here we're not grant, grant wants i mean grant gets fired up grant grant wants when takes his jacket off man <laughs> then man. put then puts it back on yeah right. puts it back on like on. second after uh but no i i definitely think that teams like oklahoma um because we saw two years ago in his first year they played legit teams they played georgia tech they played georgetown yeah they're going to be playing teams like that and so I'm not surprised at all. Um, we, I wouldn't be surprised if they play TCU. Yeah. Probably at TCU, but regardless, TCU. Uh, they'll probably play UT Arlington again. I'm assuming UT Arlington will be better. But um, teams like that. And I definitely think I – don't, I don't expect a team Oklahoma's caliber to come to the Super Pit, but they'll, they'll play a team Oklahoma caliber. Away. Away. Yeah. I think so. I yeah. think they'll be playing another top – 40 team in the country just like oklahoma is so play a known team yeah i do i do think so i mean i don't know if that answers the question p5 teams do you think north texas is going to schedule give me all right let's make predictions and why not screw it let's say <laughs> let's say i'm saying well oklahoma is a given because we know that's going to happen uh i'm going to say tcu i'm going to say oh man let's go out on a limb here let's go out on a limb here let's go out on a limb i'm going to say uh we gotta have a West Coast team because they're gonna have like you know they're just gonna have a West Coast stretch at some point where they play like give them Colorado or something. they're gonna play like Pacific and then they're gonna play like oh, they're not, no they're not gonna play USC even though USC is not that good let's say theoretically let's let's say USC all right theoretically so they're gonna have that West Coast stretch where they play Pacific USC um, Western Kentucky has a really good schedule probably again. I don't want to compare our schedule to Western Kentucky's, but regardless, teams like that, they're going to play. And they're go- they'll have an East Coast stretch just like Georgetown again. Who knows? Maybe they do play Georgetown again. Uh, just teams of that caliber, though, they will be playing more of them this year. I think that's safe to say. Yeah, that's Because safe to say. the first year they did play them. This year there were some situations with the scheduling where they had to plug in some teams, Middle Eastern Shore, Maryland Eastern Shore. Um, really great team. Yeah, really just top-notch. Anyways... Um, I don't think the scheduling this past year was indicative of what they want. That's all I'm trying to say. Yeah, so, they didn't purposely want Top teams. 50 in the nation, though, out of 350 teams, they don't think I don't think that's going to happen. I also don't think it really matters. Why does it not matter, Colin? I think you just need games to be competitive. So you're saying you just need to – like 50 is an arbitrary number. You just need to play good teams. Right. Yeah, I definitely think that. I mean, you play good talent, you get better. Well, you think about it. They were bottom 50 in the country basically last year as far as strength of schedule goes. Right. I mean, but I don't th- – I, th- I think – I don't. I you don't need you need to give me a set number where I'm like, oh yeah, that's better. You know what I'm I saying? I mean, I think they 
they're gonna they they should be top one fifty. Well, yeah, is that safe? Yeah, I mean that's not even top top half. I'm just saying, theoretically, we'll see how that goes. Uh, scheduling wise, um, I'm really excited for that that Oklahoma game though. They're gonna pack the pit. It's gonna be insane. I'm very excited. I need to see my boy uh, Rip Reese. Rip Reese flying flying off those screens. James Rip Reese. Get him a mask with bounce. Get him a mask. <laughs> Get him a mask. Gonna we'll be like headband mask. He was a great guy to talk to. Also, James Reese, really nice guy. I think I, I think people are gonna love him. Uh, Hamlet was really cool too. Uh, we talked about Hamlet and I. Um, I asked him, "You've been watching the NBA playoffs?" He's like, "Yeah." I like, "You got a you got a favorite team?" He was like, "Uh, I mean, kind of the Celtics because he likes Kyrie and then uh, Damian Lillard as well. So obviously he likes those guys." And I was like, "What was your reaction to the Damian Lillard shot?" He was like, I knew he was going to hit it. I knew he was going to hit it. I was like, like, you knew? I was like, do you know he was going to pull it? He was like, yeah, man, that guy's crazy. I was like, yeah. I mean, how did you not know he was going to pull it? I don't know, dude. He was was 37 feet out with everyone pulled off. I just never believed that a a human being would take that shot. Yeah. Who goes, you know what? We can uh, draw to the basket. We can do a pick and roll. 37-foot shot. Yeah, I think he'll do that with, with, with the defensive player of the year possibly on you disgusting yeah that's crazy yeah so anyways he he was a cool guy what about too. reese reese was really cool what do you say about the playoffs oh i didn't ask him about the playoffs i had to go to class i think i was late he was probably a pistons fan yeah i'm sure he was <laughs> um holding out hope yeah we'll see uh i think that's all i had colin let me make sure i didn't miss anything did we have another question rosters no those are the only two. Oh, okay send us your questions though uh i mean yeah say this every add time. us on twitter here's the thing we haven't done though colin Actually, are we going to film – film? this is an off-the-air question, but whatever. Are we going to record a, a plug segment and plug it into the show? We'll do that next time. Okay. I think in the middle of the show, we're going to have a break. It's be like – Sponsored right, but, by – No, no, no. We're going to be like, we're gonna be like <laughs> all right, well, we're going to get into uh, roster changes coming up. But first, let's plug ourselves. And then boom. Okay. All right, this is good. This is good. Coming up with stuff on the air. All right, everyone's probably tuned out by now, but if you're still listening, subscribe to 24-7. They're already subscribed if they're still listening. Of course. <laughs> they're the dedicated <laughs> ones. Uh, follow us on SoundCloud and Apple at Bruni's Breakdown Podcast. Uh, follow, us on, follow Colin on Twitter at CJH Mitchell. Follow me on Twitter at MattBruni25. Um, did I forget something? I think I got everything. Yeah, that's it. That was the smoothest run I've ever had there. Um, all right, Colin, I'm going to down this Red Bull. Oh, Scrappies are tonight. Who you got for best team? What? Who you got for best team in the school? Who cares? I got soccer. Girls soccer. Shout out girls soccer. They were great. I went to the Scrappies last year. Yeah. Awful experience. I I'm telling you, I we texted about this, but we missed a golden opportunity to get on that red carpet. Okay, now if now if we were there, Look, as listen, like, listen, as a photographer, when you're sitting there on the red carpet and you're told to take pictures of people and they're all just surrounding you with their phones instead. Awful experience. Look, now if we're on stage and Bernie's breakdown is is are the host next year, we're hosting the Scrappies. We need Twitter traction right now. We need it. We're gonna start a petition right now. We are hosting the Scrappies next year. Ren Baker, putting my fist down on the table. Look, whoever, whatever coach listens to this, email Ren and be like, "Hey, we need uh, we need these guys hosting the Scrappies. We'll get a bit and everything. We'll we'll be the best host ever. I, who, I don't even know who hosts it anyways. See, last year they had a oh, I forgot his name. The football team, uh, pastor. Oh, he was good. He was WC, amazing. WC. That was amazing. So no, that was the okay. enjoyable part of the thing. Yeah. See, uh, I don't know if we can do better. I don't than know WC. if we can. I don't know if we. Uh, yeah, I don't. Dubsy was great. 
Dubsy is great. I talked to him once. He we'll be great. on his level. We will be on his level. I can't say anything. We're going to be better than him, but we'll see who does it this year. Uh, it's what time is it? Seven or nine. So it started. started. So we'll see about that. But good luck to everyone there. Um, anything else to uh, congratulate? Congratulations to uh, softball uh, for breaking their record of most wins in a season. Um, and I think that's it. All right. All right. Well, y'all have a great week. We will talk to you next week.